Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy, and it's just me. Uh, due to a scheduling conflict, Corwin could not join us today. It's very sad for the community. Um, no, so with no with no immediate backup uh, in in tow, it's going to be an episode just of yours truly. As we wrap up the end of season stats in a few categories for the MLB. So we're going to dive right on in. And we're going to take a look at what seems to be the most fitting category to start with. And that is uh, wins above replacement for hitting. This category is led by none other than Cody Ballinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers at 9.0. Followed by Alex Bregman of Houston 8.4. Mike Trout of Los Angeles 8.3. Um, this is basically the top three people one would expect to finish in, uh, MVP voting. Uh, some would say that the National League MVP is all but assured to Cody Bellinger, uh, pending some form of sympathetic resurgence votes for Christian Yelich or some underdog vo- votes, I suppose, for Catal Marte, whereas the American League vote seems to stem between, uh, 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 between what you think of Alex Bregman actually getting the chance to conclude the season and finishing just above Mike Trout versus Mike Trout's per-game greater production, and considering that this has just been quite possibly the best season of his young career, as we get the chance to say every single year. <laughs> um, I don't really know what there is to make out of all this. Uh, War, I think the more time I've spent with it, the less I really give a fuck. Um, I'd love to dig back up into my old economics models to see what the marginal utility of war is. Um, because it, it, it's used so heavily in pissing contests that it just doesn't make it fun. <laughs> I think that's what it really is. You know, it's like, uh, I, I, I get, I get that Cody Ballinger has a, a significant portion of, uh, more wins above replacement than Christian Yelich does, 7.1 to 9.0. Wow, I just don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. I still think Christian Yelich had the better year, and I know, I know that Ward disagrees with that. I know there's a reason for that. Uh, it's it's defense, positional adjustments, whatever. Um, I'm sure we'll get into a, a few other categories where maybe Yelich leads. Who gives a fuck? I mean, uh, Bellinger leads. But wow, do I just not fucking care. Anyway, let's look at OR, offensive war. That is led by none other than Mike Trout, 8.3, which is crazy because he has 8.3 war total, so his defense is basically zero. Uh, (coughs) Yes, the cough is still here. It will never escape us. Uh, Alex Bregman of Houston, 7.7. Then Marcus Simeon of Oakland at 7.5. Marcus Simeon has 8.1 overall war, which is a huge leap and bound for him, uh, which is great. And to see so much of it come from D-War is... um, O-War is also great. Uh, The fact that he has positive D-War, you must assume, as his uh, overall war is is higher than his O-War, is very nice to see uh, a come up from a a bright young player. Uh, Christian Yelich sitting here, by the way, at 7.3, whereas Cody Bellinger is 6.6. So clearly I was already right, having not looked at these numbers ahead of time, because what do you want from me? 7.1 is Christian Yelich's total war, which means his defense cost him negative 0.2. 
two wins above replacement, whereas Cody Bellinger gets 3.4 of it from his defense, and I'm going to have a controversial statement of, fuck defense in the MLB. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Unless you're out there actively costing us a bajillion games. <coughs> Miguel and Duhar. <laughs> wow, I don't fucking care. Oh my god, I don't fucking care. It's so pointless. Anyway, um, which brings us to D-War, uh, which has been led by Roberto Perez of the Cleveland Indians in a tie with Nick Ahmed of the Arizona Diamondbacks and Victor Robles of the Washington Nationals. And if I didn't say your favorite player's name, he's probably bad at defense and should be demoted to AAA because fuck your guy. Um, <laughs> brings us to another stat that some people find meaningless and I still take great joy in. Batting average. I know batting average is not an advanced stat. I know that batting average is often... uh, People who cite batting average are often told that they are wrong, and they're probably right to be told that they are wrong. But I can't fucking help loving it. Uh, I I, I wouldn't use it for anything, but I like keeping track of it. Uh, I often think that if batting average was invented today, people would love it. (laughs) Like, if, if someone was like, hey, what if we took this guy's total number of hits and divided it by his plate appearances or his at-bats. That'd be wild, right? We could really get something useful out of that. Uh, and then you get like BA plus and like all that kind of Michigas or whatever. But anyway, it's still a fun thing to follow. I, I know no one, like I said, no one cares about like who wins the batting title, but I, I do. I mean, I think it's fun. It's a super fun thing to keep track of. Uh, say what you want, but hitting 335 as the man who did win the batting title did in Tim Anderson, it's 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 super fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, having 300 hitters in your lineup's really fucking fun. Uh, I get it's not useful, um, at least not as useful as other aspects of the game have been, as they have been prioritized as such, but fuck, man, <laughs> it's still fun. <laughs> so... Uh, it, as I said, this category is led by Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox, uh, who beat out my boy DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees, uh, who is sitting here at fourth. And sandwiched between them are Christian Yelich and Cattell Marte. For anyone interested, uh, uh, Cody Bellinger not in the top ten, despite the fact that I had to endure so many fucking articles about how he's going to hit 400 after like three weeks of the baseball season. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, on base percentage, our leaders here are Mike Trout at 438, Christian Yelich at 5, 429, Alex Bregman at 423. Bellinger is on this list in the top 10, number 5, 406. Again, uh, fuck Christian, uh, fuck uh, Cody Bellinger. This is the Christian Yelich podcast. All Christian Yelich, all the time. We love uh, white, um, Milwaukee, mid Midwest left-handed hitters. Uh, I, I guess a lot of that also describes Cody Bellinger, and they're even both from California. This isn't a good metaphor. Slugging percent. She's <laughs> led by Christian Yelich. Oh, get fucked, Cody. Uh, 671. Mike Trout here second at 645. Nelson, Nelson Cruz here at 639. Wow, he's so old. I'm going to look up what his career wins above replacement is. Because I don't know it offhand, and I, I'm so curious. He's played for so long. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess before I look. His career is 
I'm going to say 18 years because he's so fucking old and he's got like 50 war. Okay. Nelson Cruz. I'm so off with his war. Man, I'm really, really off. He has 37.9, which is like fine. But considering the fact that his 15-year-long career, um, you would think it's more. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, 401 home runs. He led the league one year. He led the league in RBIs one year, and that's fucking it. 277 batting average all the time. Uh, 346 OBP for a, and, a, and a 527 slugging for a lifetime OPS of 873 and 132. OPS plus. I guess he doesn't really play defense. He's always been a DH. Uh, so he probably loses out on, on war there. Yeah, whatever. Uh, still fun. I don't want to play him. I, I'm recording this on Friday, um, October 4th, so if I'm not talking about the Yankees for once, that's why I'm afraid not. Nah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Uh, OPS on base plus slugging. Uh, we have Christian Yelich, Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, and again, Nelson Cruz, all there in the top four. We actually have six batters. I'll read the next two, Bregman and Rendon. All of those batters, Yelich, Trout, Bellinger, Cruz, Bregman, Rendon, over 1,000 OPS, uh, OPS, yeah, this, this season, which is, which is fucking huge. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's weird to have that many. It's awesome. Uh, juice balls probably help, but that's really cool. Uh, from the looks of it, I'm seeing uh, oh, but five players who actually led, uh, all played all 162 games in the season this year, and I don't think it really matters, but uh, it's uh, Starlin Castro, Marcus Simeon, or Hey Soler, Jonathan Villar, and Whit Merrifield. I don't really give a shit about that. Um, Whit Merrifield hit 206 hits again this year. Devers got 201. Oh, wow. Good for him. LeMay, you got 197. That's all right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I really care about it. Mike Trout of the league in OPS plus with 185, then Christian Yelich at 179, then Cody Bellinger at 169. Ah, Yelich gang. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, baseball reference has a stat called runs creative that I don't care about. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically all this is, is a lot of Yelich, Trout, Bellinger, Cruz, and Bregman. Uh, and that is seems to make sense the the thing and we mentioned i mentioned this in the last episode that we did when we talked about college football rankings is like it's so crazy how predictions tend to be correct when you're at a pro scale like you hear everyone talk about christian yelich um <clears throat> cody ballinger and like an outside shot Cattell Marte for the national league and going through who led the league in every category now that it's concluded yeah that makes sense and same thing with Alex Bregman and Mike Trout. Yeah. And, like, on the one hand, is it obvious? Yes, it is. But on the other hand, I mean, it still says something about, you know, being able to tell most most of it by the eye test and the rest of it just having the ability to back it up. I don't know. I think it's cool. All right. Let's look at pitching. I have no idea what this is going to look like. <clears throat> All right. Pitching war is led by... It's a tie. Ooh. Uh, Justin Verlander and Mike Miner, followed by Lance Lynn. What a weird top three. Um, Verlander is probably going to win the Cy Young again this year. Garrett Cole, out of curiosity, is here at 6.9. 
Um, I'm willing to bet that has something to do with defense. And I'm actually going to look up if I can do that while talking. Maybe I can find some kind of weird disparity between the two of them. <coughs> but that seems to be the only about the only thing I can imagine since everything else, as I'm sure we'll see, is going to be quite close. But yeah, Justin Verlander is going to win the sign again this year, and I'm very okay with it. I have no idea why Mike Miner's there, and I'm okay with that too. Same thing with Lance Lynn. Go for them. Um, ERA. The leader here was Hyunjin Roo at uh, 2.32, followed by Jacob deGrom, 2.43, and Gerrit Cole at 2.5, with Justin Verlander just behind him at 2.58 wins, which is pretty useless. But we did have two pitchers that both got at least 20 wins. Uh, Gerrit Cole got 20. Justin Verlander got 21, uh, which which is pretty dope. Uh, whip leader this year was Justin Verlander at 0.803. Whip is walks and hits per inning pitched, uh, followed by Garrett Cole and Jack Flair. Jack Flair, you had a great fucking second half. I actually want to look up his split because uh, Jack Flaherty damn near, I don't want to say carried because I feel like the whole team really kind of rallied there in the second half for the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. But, I mean, wow, the job that this fucking kid did uh, in order to, to help the St. Louis Cardinals get to a postseason berth. Not postseason. Win that fucking division is amazing. Um, so Jack Flaherty's first half, he... Is this batting? Who gives a fuck about batting? Where's his ERA? I demand an ERA. This is foolish. Oh, who does this? I want first half, second half. Oh, is this it? There we go. All right. So the first half he threw 97 innings, and the second half he threw 99.1 innings, so damn near the same thing. Okay? In the first half, he let up 87 hits in those 97 innings. Second half, 48. Damn near cut it in half. First half, he let up 51 runs, 50 of which were earned. Second half, he let up 11 runs, only 10 of which were earned. So knock that down to 20% of what it was. First half, 20 home runs. Second half, 5 home runs. Again, only 20, uh, 25%. Uh, walks, he had 32 in the first half. 23 in the second half. Two of which were intentional. Cut that down nice. Uh, 107 strikeouts in the first half. 124 in the second half. Uh, good for his whip. In the first half, uh, 1.227, and in the second half, 0.715, which is fucking great. I don't know if I actually finished saying it, but uh, whip is walks and hits per inning pitched, so it's exactly how it sounds. You take walks and you add hits and you divide it by innings pitched. That's like a, a traffic on the base paths kind of stat. Uh, overall, his first half ERA was 4.64, which is fine. Um, his second half ERA is 0.91, which is, oh, 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 wow, that's so good in marginally more innings. Wow, that's so fucking good. Oh, oh you got to love it. You, I, I'm not, yeah, you, you got to love those weird. Oh, listen, listen to his, so his ERA per month, 
uh, March and April, 4.06. So, you know, you're getting you're starting out. May, 3.45. All right, that's what you expect. You know, you settle in, find your groove. June, 7.01. Oh, oh, mm. Nine home runs just in the month of June. Uh, and then what's crazy is uh, it just falls in July to 2.48. Falls even farther down to 0.71, and then he had a, a rough September at 0.82. Uh, I mean, just outlandish. I love it. I love weird, specific uh, batting, pro- I mean, not batting, uh, uh, player performances in the second half. It makes me feel like like they're about it the way a fan is, you know, like, hey, I want to see my team go to the play. I play for my team. We should go to the playoffs. How fun would that be? <laughs> like, that's what that's what I want them to to be doing, <laughs> which is uh, stupid. But oh, well, that's who I am on the inside. Uh, by the way, I did look up, I don't see like a DWAR category for, uh, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole on their page. I'm also like not really looking super hard. So, uh, take that for what it's worth, but yeah, yeah, we're going to move on into a different thing. Um, who had the most strikeouts? I strikeouts per nine. Who had the most strikeouts? I want to know that. Where's that one? There it is. Oh, I knew this. Garrett Cole, 326. Verlander, 300. And then the fucking drop-off to, I always want to say Justin Bieber. Shane Bieber, 259. Jacob DeGrom, 255. And then Trevor Bauer, 253. And what's crazy about those last three numbers is that those are good seasons. And uh, Shane Bieber would have had to hit damn near uh, 70 more strikeouts in order for him to have, have caught up to Garrett Cole, which is... Oh my god, like several months of of good pitching. Fucking stupid. Striker per nine was also led by Garrett Cole, 13.8, followed by Max Scherzer at 12.7, and uh, Robbie Ray? Really? Robbie Ray at 12.13. Okay, okay. Our saves leader this year was Kirby Yates, followed by um, Roberto Osuna. Fuck that guy. Followed by a tie between. Uh, Josh Hader and uh, Raldis Chapman. Uh, Josh Hader, though, already got bent in the postseason, and he has one blown save in the uh, October Classic, and that's uh, all he's going to get because y'all went home. Uh, most innings pitched this year, Justin Verlander, 223.0, followed by Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer with 214.1 and 213.0, respectively. Uh, there were only, wow, the most shoutouts this year was, was two. Lucas Giolito, Shane Bieber, and Sandy Alcantara all had two. Uh, there were three complete, uh, two different pitchers through three complete games between Lucas Giolito and Shane Bieber. That's not a lot. That's kind of sad. Um, is there anything else I really care about? Some guy named Hudson let have had 86 walks. Dakota Hudson, that's a lot of walks. Uh, I'm not sure I really care, though. Mike Leak let have 41 home runs? Dear God. That's so many. Why'd he do that? Oh, no. Um, adjusted ERA plus. Uh, which is, you know, like the pitcher version of, like, OPS+. 
Justin Ver- uh, uh, Garrett Cole led with a 185. Justin Verlander and Hunjin Ru tied at 179. Uh, that runs out the top three for that. So those are all the kind of like baseline end of season uh, normal normal guy stats. So let's hop on over to Statcast just to look at a few of the more advanced stats to see where those people finished. And the first thing I want to look at is exit velocity. I want to know what batter with a minimum of 250 plate appearances had the highest average exit velocity. So this is an independent events. This is average of all of your batted ball events. And our leader is walking dinosaur Nelson Cruz. Okay. Okay. 93.7 miles per hour average exit velocity. Followed by Fran Mil Reyes, a stack cast darling. Followed by Christian Yelich. Okay, okay. Uh, then Josh Donaldson and Yoan Mankata is your top five with Shohei Otani just missing the bunch there at number six. This is an interesting fucking list. This is an interesting fucking Who had the lowest? I'm, I'm now deathly curious about who out of 250 batted balls had the lowest. Victor Robles at 81.0. Gerard Dyson, 82.0. These are not great. D. Gordon. Colton Wong. There's a lot of dudes on playoff teams here. Wow, that's fucking weird, man. Malik Smith, J.P. Crawford. Wow, there's a whole lot of names down here that should... Uh, oh, wow, can you imagine? Kevin Pillar had a higher average exit velocity than Victor Robles. That's actually kind of impressive. I gotta say, that's kind of weirdly impressive. <laughs> who are the highest ex-woba i have to imagine this list is going to look pretty similar so ex-woba all right so let's start with some this, that's a that's a lot of letters it's five different letters right yeah all right so let's start from the end of the and we'll work our way back the last two letters are ba that stands for batting average no it does not it stands for uh on base average <laughs> oops uh, no, expected, weighted, on, yeah, on-base average. OBA, on-base average. Fuck, I hate myself. Um, but I caught it. So, on-base average is basically just another way of saying on-base percent. It, it's like, you know, how many times are you going to make it on-base? So, um, WOBA is weighted on-base. So, they take just different things into account, you know, whatever, park factors, hit contact, all that kind of stuff. Or not, not contact quality. Uh, but uh, defensive alignments, whatever, and they put that in, in whoa, whoa, you're weighted on base. And then for ex-WOBA, they take into account things like um, launch angle, exit velocity, things of that nature. So ex-WOBA tends to be the more reliable stat because it takes into account the quality of your hits, uh, the quality of your batted ball events, um, and as to whether or not they turned into you getting on base. So this is usually a pretty good... Um, like, so if someone's slumping, right, they're not getting hits, but their ex-woba is really high, it means that their slump's probably not their fault. They're just, like, hitting balls really hard at people. Uh, we got very familiar with this stat during Gary Sanchez's 2018 campaign. Uh, so this leader was, oh, shocking, Mike Trout at 454. That's really fucking high. Uh, then Cody Bellinger at 427. Uh, Christian Yelich at four two three, Nelson Cruz four one nine, and uh, Howie Kendrick. Welcome back, Howie. Uh, at at four eighteen, um, 
All right, who 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 was at the bottom? Who did the worst? I want to see who did the Juan Lagares uh, zero two forty six tied with Nikki Lopez at two forty six. John Hicks, Ian Kinsler, no, my my friendly Jewish man. That's so sad. Stevie Wilkerson's here. Jake Marisnik's here. Billy Hamilton, Tony Kemp, D Gordon, Austin Hedges, Leonis Martinez. A lot of names I know down here, but a lot I don't. Um. Adelberto Modesty. That's interesting. Maybe what if they factor speed into this or not? But anyway, uh, so X World was a really interesting one for things of that nature. I want to see who had the uh, highest average launch angle. I don't know why I want to know this, but I want to know it. Let's see if this correlates at all to our home run list that we I, I didn't mention that we had previously. Who hit the most home runs? Uh, yeah, Pete Alonso did. He had hit 53. Then it's uh, Eugenio Suarez at 49. Jorge Soler had 48. Cody Bellinger, 47. Mike Trout, 45. And then a few other people. Uh, <laughs> so let's... Um, Christian Yelich had 44. And then it was a four-way tie for seventh between Alex Bregman, Ronald Acuna, uh, Nelson Cruz, and Nolan Arenado. They all hit 41. I didn't realize Bregman hit more than 40. That's kind of cool. Uh, so let's see if our uh, la- average launch angle can find any of these names. So number one is actually Reese Hoskins. I don't know how many home runs he hit this year. I'm not sure I care. Yeah, I don't. Um, Edwin Encarnacion is on this list. Uh, sorry, so Reese Hoskins' average launch angle was 24 degrees, which feels really high. Uh, it definitely is. Uh, second is Edwin Encarnacion, who hit... 35, I want to say, I don't know, um, 22.5 degree launch angle, right, right behind that is Mike Trout, who had the fifth most home runs in all of baseball this year, 22.2, uh, but then the names get, these names are weird, uh, so after that's Brandon Belt, 21.9, and Brandon Belt doesn't hit a lot of home runs, then it's Renato Nunez, 20 degrees, Jose Ramirez, who started to warm up a little bit, and uh, I would say hit more home runs in the second half, 19.8. Then it's Alex Bregman at 19.6, and Alex Bregman tied for seventh with most home runs. Uh, then Chris Bryant, Gary Sanchez, Hunter Hunter Renfro, uh, Mookie Betts, Brian Dozier? This is a weird fuck. All right, so where is Pete Alonso? I want to find, find Pete Alonso on this list. Because he's 68th with a 14.8 degree average launch angle. Now that actually feels kind of low for such a home run hitter. Oh, this is weird. Because you'd expect, especially the guy who hit 53, which is just like so many, you would expect him to have a lot more or a lot higher degree of launch angle because you need to get the ball over the fence. I'm wondering what his like, if he has a, if I could see a split for him. Between like like ground ball to uh, fly ball, like a ground ball fly ball split, because that's that that I don't know that feels wrong. Doesn't it feel wrong, people? Write me now. Let me know. I am babbling without Corwin. He's gonna listen to this. I know he is, as we all should, and he's going to laugh, as you all should be. Uh. 
Yeah, I can't find it on his on his page, and I don't I don't want to look that hard because that seems like a lot of work. Uh, oh wait, shit, found it. Oh, that's that's ground ball fly ball pitchers. Fuck that. That's stupid. Hit trajectory. Okay, okay. So he hit forty of his. Hold on, what? He has 40 hits on ground balls, 60, 50 hits on fly balls that, that were fly balls, and 90, or 65 hits that were line drives. So he had zero home runs on ground balls, which feels like the most no-shit statement possible. Uh, and then he hit uh, 45 of his home runs on fly balls, and then the remaining eight of his home runs on line drives. And this is actually pretty interesting because I didn't know this was a page, and I'm kind of obsessed with this now. Um, his batting average on ground balls was 235, on base percentage of 235. Well, I guess on base percentage would have to be the same because we're looking at hit ball. No, it doesn't matter. Slugging of 276. So he like basically if he hit a ball on the ground, he was only getting to first. He very rarely advanced beyond that <clears throat> for fly balls his batting average jumped way up to 340 which is very impressive uh and then a 333 on base percentage and then a uh which maybe he got thrown out rounding bases people do that and then a one a 1293 slugging and then his line drives he had a 670 batting average on line drives a 670 obp and then an eleven forty four slugging. So his um his slugging actually went down considerably, which I think is hilarious. I guess the the home runs. No shit, Josh. Uh that's interesting. I want to know more. And I don't know how to find it. But I am very curious about how that all comes to be. But anyway. So that's that. I want to see now uh what pitcher had the highest speed spin rate on four seam fastballs last year. Uh, so I'm sure that I have discussed spin rate in some capacity previously. Basically what spin rate is good for is it, it gives life to pitches. It can make them a little bit tougher to spot. It can add uh, what, what people like to call like artificial speed onto a pitch. So it's not actually moving as fast as it's perceived. They call it perceived velocity. Uh, Anyway, our leader was Mike Miner. That's so fascinating. Uh, his forcing fastball had an average spin rate of 2,650 RPMs. Right behind, listen to this top fucking four. Listen to this top fucking four and tell me it's not the top four for pitcher war. Um, or, I think. I forget now. I might need to check. Mike Miner, Justin Verlander in second, Garrett Cole in third, Lance Lynn in fourth, and then Max Scherzer's in fifth. Ooh, ooh, pitcher war. Oh, it's almost the top five. It's almost, DeGrom's at number four um, and uh, with Garrett Cole at number five, so it's almost the top five. Oh, that's fascinating. I don't know what it means. <laughs> it might mean nothing, <laughs> but, but I think that's really cool. Uh, I'm now kind of curious as to what if I just selected every single type of pitch that there is. Uh, who would lead in, like, overall... I feel like that's not the way this is supposed to be done, but this is how we're about to do it. 
I just sucked at every single pitch. I'm going to look at the average spin rate, and I'm going to just let everything level out, and I'm going to see who threw the ball in the circle the most times because you want to throw the ball in as tight of a spinning circle as you possibly can because apparently when the ball spins faster, it makes you better, and that's what every pitcher wants. I can't wait for Corwin to listen to this. It's such rambling nonsense without me be having the ability to be like, what do you think about that? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. The results are in. The highest average spin rate on literally everything. This is an interesting list. It's Sunny Gray, 2675 uh, average RPM on just like his pitches thrown. Followed by Adam Ottavino, Chris Stratton, Justin Verlander, Jose LeClerc, Walker Bueller, Sean Armstrong, Colin McHugh, Mike Miner, and Garrett Cole. That's the top 10. That is interesting. Ooh. I don't know what to make of it. I will make something of it, but I'm very curious. Uh, yeah. I think that's cool. I don't know why. I think that's cool. All right. Let's look at just one more pitcher stat, and then we'll go. Actually, let me see. Average perceived velocity, since I was just talking about it. So, again, perceived velocity is uh, when you add things like uh, spin rate and and uh, I think, oh, I, I know, there's another component to it I, I can't quite make up right, right now, and I don't want to literally make it up, so I won't. But in theory, this should be uh, a touch different from what we just saw, but it should incorporate the factors that we just talked about with spin rate. So you would expect... The people we, the names we just saw and talking about spin rate to also be at the top of this, and it's not. Ooh, interesting. Okay, Edwin Diaz is here. An average perceived velocity uh, of his pitches at ninety five point four seven miles per hour, followed by Jacob Degrom at ninety five point two six. Then Carlos Estevan, and I have no idea what team he plays for, at ninety four point eighty six. Chad Green. At 94.36, and Liam Hendricks at 94.09. Josh Hader just missing out on the top five, 94.07. Interesting. These are all guys that you would say, kind of offhand, throw really fucking hard. Um, I, I'm a little bit surprised Dave Negram is here and was not in the other aspect of our discussion, uh, since he you kind of associate people who throw hard with having a naturally large spin rate in general. So you would expect that to increase their average velocity. So you'd expect them to be at the top of this list. Uh, and they're not. So I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of neat. Where's Verlander on this Verlander 127th an average perceived velocity of 88.69. Oh, I am so curious. Oh, you know what? I didn't. I didn't set this to forcing fastballs. Maybe that's why, because Justin Verlander throws a lot of curveballs, whereas uh, other pitchers such as Jacob Degrom do not. And curveballs are going to have lower actual speeds, so they'll have lower average perceived velocity. So let's do this a second time, but let's select forcing fastball like a smart man, and try not to. And see how it changes. And while it's doing that, uh, I don't know. I think this is kind of the last thing I want to really go over before uh, before I must leave you all in order to go watch my 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 Yankees. Again, I'm recording this on Friday, so the Saturday uh, the Friday night game hasn't happened yet. The Saturday game has not happened yet. Um, 
Uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about what has happened thus far once this concludes. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm not ready. Oh, this is just taking some it's fucking time, man. <clears throat> oh, here we go. No, it's still Jacob DeGrom. Although now Garrett Cole has entered the mix. Walker Bueller, Mike Clevenger, and John Gray is our top five. So the uh, average perceived velocity on uh, Jacob DeGrom's forcing fastball is 98.07 miles per hour, which is pretty fucking fast. Uh, next highest is Garrett Cole at 96.83. Walker Bueller at 96.8. Mike Clevenger's is 96.38. And John Gray's is 96.07. So where... Does Justin Verlander fall on this one? 25th, so considerably higher at 93.61. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Justin Verlander, he can throw hard, but I wouldn't say he's known for being a hard thrower. I wonder where Scherzer is on this list. Scherzer at 16th, okay. 94.23 miles per hour for Scherzer. Uh, Okay, okay. That's very interesting. This is one of the things that you hear a lot of pitchers talk about as being one of the things that they're working on, uh, getting their spin rate, getting their average, which will help with their average perceived velocity. Your spin rate will also help with your movement. Um, so it is obviously one of those things that if you can't throw as hard and you want to try to make it appear as though you're throwing harder, you want to make it appear as though your pitches have more life to them, then this is kind of a great thing for you to to work on. Or if you no longer want it to seem as though you have, um, or no longer want to, sorry, I should only step back. If you want to make your secondary pitches better and you want to work on your breaking pitches um, or, or your pitches with high levels of movement, that's also kind of the, the category for you to work on because movement is generated by and large from the type of spin that's on your ball. So... There you go. Uh, I, I I lied. One more. I wanted to look at Babip for bat for batters. Our Babip leader. Oh, for anyone unaware, Babip is batting average on balls in play. So if you hit the ball and it, uh, in any capacity, how often does that result in you getting on base? And this is led by Fernando Tatis Jr. with a four ten, Yoan Mankata with a four oh six, Keston Hira. With a 402, Tim Anderson with a 399, Brian Reynolds with a 387, which I think is really interesting. Wonder where. Ooh, I wonder where DJ LeMahieu is because I don't see him anywhere around the top 10. LeMahieu is 30th with a 349. So, uh, who's closer? 349, he had an actual 327, so that's 22 points off. Whereas, um,. Tim Anderson hit 335, and his was 399 here, so that's 64 points off. So Tim Anderson, I guess, got lucky, but, I mean, fuck it, man. He still won the batting title. It's still pretty fucking cool. Uh, and Fernando Tatis leading this list as well as it suggests that maybe he'll be a little bit less fortunate next year. But uh, if you're a Chicago White Sox fan, as I have some gear for, let's go Chai Sox. I'd, I'd be tempted to say that you have a decent amount to root for in the upcoming 2020 season. Uh, I want to look at Babbitt real quick for pitchers just to see who got fucked. Uh, Nick Kingham, Luke Jackson, Edwin Diaz, Robbie Erlin, and Edwin Jackson. Uh, pitchers who are bad and Edwin Diaz. So uh, I guess some guys just suck and some guys just kind of get lucky or unlucky. But yeah. 
I don't really have anything insightful to say about this. Uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I'll touch on the wild card games. Uh, Brewers lost. That sucked. I don't really care about the Nationals, uh, and I don't think they're a good matchup for the Dodgers in the slightest. And so far, that got proved last night as the Dodgers won 6 to nothing. Uh, so we'll see how that series plays itself out, but I really wouldn't hold high hopes for Washington. I don't think they're built for a playoff run. They have no bullpen, and as much as the game of baseball has been about the bullpen in the regular season, the postseason is so much more about the bullpen, whereas the Brewers are all bullpen, so I think that they would have been a better team moving forward. But, say lovey. Uh, the A's got shellacked by the Rays, which I feel like I actually should have seen coming based on how those teams match up. The race pitching is just so much fucking better. Uh, I I was surprised Sean Manaya got hurt as much as he did, but you know his ERA was one point something off of three or four I don't know maybe five starts. Dude's gonna have to get roughed up at some point, and uh, it's tough to take your first beating of the year in the postseason. But dude took his first beating of the year in the postseason. That sucks. Uh, I uh, Yeah, then their offense didn't do shit, which was their whole deal. Oh, no. We'll see how the Rays do against the Astros. They lost today, but that's not surprising. The Astros are really good. Uh, I think that's all that's really gone on. The Cardinals beat the Braves the other day, but by the time this comes out, that'll be outdated, so there's not much, too much else to say about it. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this postseason. Even if my Yanks lose, I have backup rooting interests I'm all about. So this should be fun. If you want to follow the show on Instagram... Oh, no, God damn it. I haven't done that in so long. Fuck. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to follow the show... Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to hit us up via... Uh, or if you want to check out our website... <laughs> Fuck me. If you want to check out our website for show notes, you can do so at juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com slash website, juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com slash website, or juicingthenumbers.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one.